Welcome to Questions for Craig. I'm Susanna Sanfilippo, a registered yoga instructor here in Portland, Maine with Craig Williamson, ready to discuss one of your questions. Craig is a bodywork therapist and educator and the author of Muscular Retraining for Pain-Free Living, published by Shambhala Publications. If you have a question for Craig, go to craigwilliamson.net and click on the homepage link that says Questions for Craig. Okay, so our question today comes from a listener who asks, why does imagery work? That's the question. Okay. Why does imagery work? Okay, so um, I wonder then, why does imagery work for what? Well, I don't know. Well, okay. Um, maybe, uh, well, there are a couple things that imagery works for in this field. One would be, Imagery works for improving uh, your alignment and the way you carry your body. And maybe more fundamental than that, or what that depends on, is the way your muscles are behaving or responding. So imagery works for changing muscle tone. And as I've said before, muscle tone is the amount of tension, resting level of tension in, a, in your muscles. And a simple way to look at the goal for, in my, at least to me, for all kinds of body work or any of this, what we're trying to do here for pain, either to relieve pain or to improve movement or to feel comfortable in your body, is to have the muscle tone be as, as uh, natural as possible, or as balanced as possible. Not too tense, not too slack. So chronic muscle tension are muscles that are, or that are remaining tensed and uh, not responding to the normal cues to, to let go. That, that they would otherwise be responding to, and so therefore the person can't relax certain muscles. And then, and that affects alignment in that uh, for, for it to have, to, to carry yourself naturally, looking at good alignment requires balanced muscle tone. So somehow having this special image in your mind can affect all that? Right, so that is an interesting question, actually, because how, how does it work? Right, Because a lot of people work? think it's just fantasy or, like, uh, I think one of the first images I learned was from um, Lulu Swigard's book, Human Movement Potential. Oh, I don't know that book. Yeah, it's a great book. It was, it was uh, a textbook, actually, a college textbook years ago. Wow. At NYU. Uh, but that's not where I was, but I... I, I read the book a long time ago, and one of the images, she used a lot of imagery mm -hmm. to teach alignment, correction, alignment correction to people that had no anatomical background, dancers who had not studied anatomy. Mm -hmm. So she came up with images like your head is a balloon, and etc. Mm -hmm. So that they didn't have, did not have to study anatomy mm -hmm. in order to implement it. Mm -hmm. And I remember the first time I used that idea of head was a balloon, I immediately felt it changing the way that I was standing. Mm -hmm. 
So, uh, but for some people, and I've, I've, I've observed, uh, and, and many people that I've worked with, that imagery doesn't seem to work for. And some people it works extremely well. So I don't know if I have a good explanation for why that is, but I've observed that that seems to be true. There's mm -hmm. some people it just doesn't work for. Maybe someday it will. Maybe it never will. Maybe they're trying too hard. Maybe they don't understand what's being asked of them. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, one of the problems with, with uh, people have is if, if they're given an image is that they try to do it. Mm. So if someone says, imagine your head is floating up. Well, imagine means imagine. Right. It doesn't mean make your head float up. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean do something. So imagining is different than doing mm -hmm. or than using muscle effort to try to do something. The action you're taking would be literally to imagine it. Uh, the, the image speaks to, is information, basically. Mm -hmm. The image, so if I imagine, I'll go with that first one I said, if my, I imagine my head is a balloon, that image is some kind of information for my nervous system. Mm -hmm. it's, it's different than sensory information, uh, like kinesthetic. Mm -hmm. It's not exactly the same, but it's, in, it's input. And my, my, my nervous system, my body can use that information. It tells my, my me, my brain, my nervous system something about my head which uses that information to correct the muscle tone of anything related to my head, which might be my whole body mm -hmm. in that case. So, uh, for example, if, if, you, if you push on somebody's shoulders and their shoulders are tense, and you push on it a little bit, and they feel, ooh, I feel my shoulders are tense. That's information for them. And, that, and the pressure of your fingers, if you do it the right way, might inform that person enough that they can then relax their shoulders. You could also uh, say to the person, and not, you could, instead of pushing into their shoulder, you could say, imagine that each shoulder blade is, is moving away from each other. Mm -hmm. okay? And that... Is just a different way to for that person to inform mm -hmm. be informed as to what's happening. They they may as soon as they have that image, they might become aware that they're holding onto their shoulders. Or, it or it's just it's, it's actually something that just happens automatically. The image it's not something you, it, you even voluntarily do. It, the image will change the muscle tone, and the person will feel it. Like that, feel the shoulder blades letting go. That sounds so um, so simple, <laughs> you know. Like like has, has, it sounds like a, I don't know. Like why why not use imagery first? You know why it's it's it sounds like such a simple, wonderful tool. It, it is, it is, and I and I don't know. I'm not a brain researcher to to be able to explain right the details of what actually what part of the brain is activated that makes it happen. Uh, uh, I just know that this is what happens because mm -hmm. I've observed it in so many people and mm -hmm. myself. I mean, and, and 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 as I said, in some people it doesn't work. Does doesn't you, their head? You can they can think imagine their head being a balloon forever and it doesn't help. Mm -hmm. Other people you can see it. I've even had classes where I've made a suggestion. People will be standing. I'll make a suggestion, mm -hmm. some kind of image, and and we'll be able to see. 
the people look differently just as soon as they have the idea in their mm -hmm. head. You, you, it, maybe one of the reasons it works when it works is that it bypasses their conscious mind. They, 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 can't, they can't try to do it. They're just pretending. They're just playing pretend. Just have the, the image go, you know, goes right, right into their mind, which changes the feeling in their body. So the, the way that this, I think ultimately the practical use of an image is that it gives you a feeling. And the feeling is what somebody can that, then takes with them. Um, so if you imagine your head as a balloon long enough, repeatedly enough, you start to learn the feeling of what it's like to have your head be floating or have it be up more, or be lighter. And, it, and after, at a certain, after enough repetition of that, there's no need to use an image anymore because you you've learned the feeling. Or there may not be a need to use the image. There's no harm in using it. But it, it's, a, it's a way, ultimately, of giving you the kinesthetic sense that you lacked in the first place. So it's a, it's a whole other system of getting back that exactly, sense. Exactly. Exactly. It's another tool. It, it reminds me almost... Um, the work of Les Femi and the open focus mm -hmm. brain, um, which it sounds like that's, he uses a lot of imagery. Um, and, and the idea behind it is to have that a softer inward focus. I would guess that, well, in, in terms of the idea to me is not to try. It's to not you're not concentrating. Trying is the is what's the word anathema mm -hmm. to this because if you try, then you're impo you're going to end up imposing your habits, which are the whole thing we're trying to not do, right? So an image is neutral. It's neither good nor bad. It's just an image, and if it's if your body likes it, it will run with it. Mm -hmm. If it doesn't, it won't. Mm -hmm. And uh, there doesn't need to be any, uh, well, effort is actually going to get in the way of it. Mm -hmm. Because the goal is to let your body take over and correct itself. So um, we have a little bit of time. Would you be um, interested in leading the listeners through maybe a little imagery practice of a couple minutes? I don't know if you're open to that idea. Sure. What do you have in mind? I don't know. <laughs> what what you've been working on recently? Maybe something that you, has helped. Um... Well, there could be there could be imagery for alignment specifically, mm -hmm. um, like Lulu Swigard used years ago, mm -hmm. and other people use. There could be, you know, general imagery for relaxation, sort of like like Les Femi in a sense uses imagery. Well, he doesn't really use imagery, but he says imagine. Right. Um, let's see, what would be good? I don't know. I use imagery with a lot of the exercises, like in my book. Um, yeah. To, to help people just get a sense of. what I'm asking them to do in the exercise. Okay, well, uh, we could try here. Maybe, maybe you, you, why don't you lie down? 
Lucky me. Yeah. And All I'll, right. And let's just let's just do. I'll do something like I often, you know, I would do typically do in a class. Okay. I'm lying okay. down. So lie on your back with your knees bent and your feet flat on the floor. Make yourself comfy. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the instructions here are. So we're going to use your your you're going to use your imagination, which is, which is effortless. I'm not going to try to do anything. And just feel what happens. First, just take a few seconds to notice that you're breathing. To feel your breath. Okay, now imagine that there is a rug underneath the back of your head. So you're lying on the floor, and your head, back to your head, is on the edge of a rug. And somebody starts to pull the rug very, very, very slowly away from your body. So it's going to start to slide very slowly out from under your head. And just let the image run through your mind for 15 to 20 seconds or so after I say it. And you may notice it changes the way something else feels. It may change the way your neck feels. It may not. Just observe whatever happens. Now imagine where, or feel, sense where your eyes are. And imagine that your eyes are very, very slowly moving apart from each other. Just the tiniest bit. And we can imagine here that there's a rug pulling out from under the back of your head and your eyes are moving very gently apart from each other at the same time. And now put your attention on the roof of your mouth. Back, take a second and Take your tongue and touch the roof of your mouth, your upper palate, with your tongue so you know where it is. Okay, and then relax your tongue. And then in your imagination, go uh, take it back f farther back in your mouth, uh, as far back as you can imagine where the roof of your mouth is. Way up where it would actually be getting close to your neck, your spine. And the roof of your mouth is shaped kind of is like an arch, like a dome, a dome where it's higher in the middle and lower on the, the right and left side. Well, uh, imagine the shape of the roof of your mouth, way in the back, your soft palate. And imagine that 
it's going to change its shape to where the the two the right and left side are going to go up and the middle is going to go down as if it's going to make the shape slightly of a smile So it'd be as if you, way in the back of your mouth, there was a little smile happening in your upper palate. Just imagining, we're not trying to do anything. And it's not a huge smile, it's just a little smile. Feel, if anything happens to the feeling in your face, in your cheekbones. So your eyes are slightly moving away from each other. The upper palate, roof of your mouth is, there's a little smile where it's where the right and left side of it are going up, spreading apart. And there's a rug pulling out from under the back of your head. There's also a rug underneath your pelvis. And another person is going to start to pull that rug while all of this other stuff is happening. It's going to pull that rug, it's a little rug, toward your feet. So away from the direction of your head. Very slowly. Now at the same time, you can imagine that you're, let's put your, move your attention up to your lower back, so your lumbar spine. We're going to come back to that pelvis, the rug under your pelvis in a minute. But the, so your lumbar spine is a part of your lower back that's between your ribs and your pelvis. So the, the lower back. And naturally there's a little bit of an arch shape but with lying in this position, with your knees bent, your lower back is probably pretty flat. And you might have noticed when the rug was, imaginary rug, was being pulled away from, out from under your pelvis, it may have even made your lower back get flatter to the ground than even before. Well, imagine that your lower back, your, your spine, your vertebra of your spine, are like parts of an, if the whole thing as a whole is like an inchworm. And an inchworm, if you've ever seen one, it, it has an amazing ability to arch its back. So imagine that the arch of your lower back is going to go up in like a hill shape. Like, so it's going to move, it's, it's inside your body, so, it's, so your spine is going to move up toward your belly button. But your belly button is going to stay, your navel is going to stay in the same place. Your abdomen is going to stay where it is, your abdominal wall is going to stay where it is. But somehow, inside of you, there's going to be an arch. Imagine an arch 
inchworm, the whole vertebra, uh, the whole length of your lumbar spine, and arch up. Even as, at the same time as, a rug is being pulled out from under your pelvis. So both of these things are happening at the same time. While those things are happening, the rug is coming out from the back of your head. And your eyes are slowly drifting apart, so there's lots of space between your eyes. And the roof of your mouth has a slight smile. There's a smile happening way in the back of your face, up at the top. Roof of your mouth. So how's that? Wonderful. Um. Now the good thing would be to stand up uh, and notice. Don't, don't, don't look for anything, just look for anything. Feel. How do you feel? Notice what you notice. There's nothing in particular to expect, but does, does that change? Do you feel any different? Your balance, your posture, your alignment? Does anything feel more relaxed? Does anything feel different about the way you perceive your body? Um, for me... Uh, I feel like there's more space all along the spinal column. In a good way. Yeah. So that that was about 10 minutes, and it could, it could have gone on and on. But that, that alone was, uh, like, so somebody, a listener, could, could just repeat that for 10 minutes. And if you do enough of it, it will, whatever feelings you get from it are valid. If you're not forcing it, whatever the images are telling your body are basically trustworthy. However it makes your body feel afterwards, it's going to be sending it in the direction of, of better alignment. Uh, and over time, you could start to transfer that feeling that you got lying down to, to when you're standing up. And, and, there, and we could do this with the whole body. I mean, there are images. It's just endless. They're all just based on anatomy. Well, hopefully somebody will email a question asking for more. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Okay. You have been listening to Questions for Craig with Craig Williamson. If you have a question that you would like Craig to address, please send it to craig at somaticintegration.com. Learn more about Williamson Muscular Retraining at somaticintegration.com.